Mikami Mindset. Podcast. Think, think bigger. All right, aloha, my friends, and welcome back to the Multifamily Mindset. We got JC Jackson Campbell, TD Tyler Devereaux, and man, let's dive into this thing, bro. What are we talking about today? And we have HS. We have the Holy Spirit with us. Oh my gosh, I do. I'm glad you do too. I wasn't. Feeling oh, I it definitely first. have it, dude. I definitely have it with me, dude. So pumped to be back here with you, man. You've been traveling. You've been have doing. Been. You've been. You've been kind of all over the place, dude. We haven't been able to record in a while, so I'm pumped. Me for too. today to, to get a couple episodes with you and dive in here, man. So yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in <laughs> here, bro. Yeah, dude. We got HS with hey, us. Hopefully well. y'all have the Holy Spirit with you too as we're uh, reading through, <laughs> reading through, as we're going through all this. About to uh, wax poetic on you. Let's go. Yes, yeah, so dude. Before we dive in today, I just want, for those of you that might just be tuning into the Multifamily Mindset Podcast, tune in here daily. We've got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday. Monday through Thursday with Dallas Pruitt with some mindset drips. You don't want to miss those. And then Friday with Tyler Devereaux and myself where we dive into mindset principles and also real estate stuff. Today is going to be a banger full of real estate information. And I'm excited. And I, like I said, I'm excited to, to dive into this stuff, dude. Let's do it. Anything anything you want to throw out there before we get started? No, man. Just appreciate y'all being here. And we're about to, uh, yeah, no, we're going to talk to you about some market research today. And I had a, di- or no market research. Shit. We edit that out. Strat. Keeping it. Today we're going to talk about value add strategy. Value add strategy. Eventually we'll get to market research. <laughs> yes, dude. So yes, yeah, today definitely want to dive into value add, re- value add, and that strategy. Um, do I know? I don't know if you want to announce Peak before we dive in. Hey, Peak Partnership officially the site and everything. Tickets are officially uh, available. Um, it's going to be speaking of bangers. It's going to be a good one, dude. It's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah. I will only lead in with that saying, like, literally, if you're listening to this, you should absolutely not even question be at Peak Partnership. Uh, it's an amazing event. My favorite event of the year by a freaking million. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, go check it out, man. But, yeah, one thing register. that I, yeah, dude, one thing I want to add there to it as well is if you're hearing this and the speakers haven't been announced yet, I suggest getting your ticket now because as soon as the speaker lineup is announced, I imagine those tickets are going to go within the weekend. Within, yeah. Just within so you know, so fast. what yeah. we do is we we're doing it in different tiers. Okay. So at which I'm, so different tiers, meaning every certain amount of tiers that of tickets sold, then we it unlocks a new tier. So oh, okay. those tiers will just continue to get more and more expensive as we get closer to nice, but it's not a time frame. It's a, it's a ticket. So what, so it's a, it's how many tickets sold and then it unlocks a new tier. Gotcha. So, so yeah. get so the sooner you get your tickets, the cheaper it's going to be. Right now is the cheapest that you'll get them. Okay, cool. For 110%. Gotcha. And yeah. so as you're saying, as more tickets sell, the price is going to go up. For sure. And as soon like I'm saying, as and soon as this lineup record, is announced, we already have like roughly 300 something tickets already sold and we literally just launched. Yeah, we're so selling we're exciting. selling pretty quick. So definitely get in there and get your tickets for sure. Okay, dude, value add strategy. Let's dive in today. Today's episode, value add strategy. I want to dive in there, dude. It's something that's talked about often. Value add is thrown around a lot, yeah. right? There's value add. You can bring value add into the workplace, but there's a value add strategy in real estate that mm-hmm. we want to that we want to dive into today. And I kind of want to pick your brain about some of that and really under really just understand the value add strategy and what it is and what it means. Sweet. But in order to do that. I think it's I think it's I think it's wise to understand maybe some other value so some other strategies that can be used in real estate. Yep. So I don't know, dude, if you if you can kind of highlight maybe some other strategies that are used before we dive well, into value add. I want you to think of it this way, okay? So 
when you're, let's say that you're about to start in the multifamily space, right? It's what we do as a company. We buy apartment buildings. I remember when I first started, all these brokers that I was talking to kept asking me like, what is my strategy? What is like, what do you focus on? And I was like, I really didn't know how to answer that question because I was just like, well, apartments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Send me apartment buildings. I thought that, you know what I mean? So you're going to have different strategies within and these can definitely get more granular of these strategies, but at a high level, it falls into like three categories. One is what we call turnkey assets. Uh, another one would be called distressed assets. And then another one, like you mentioned, is value add. So turnkey, I want so think turnkey at that strategy, like a turnkey strategy. That is, I want you to think like class A assets, like high end newer assets where there is very minimal work that needs to be done after the acquisitions process. Like it's a newer property, like brand new, if you know, built in the past few years, uh, it's fully updated, fully stabilized or highly stabilized at least. So there's less risk, but there's also less upside on that property because there's not as many problems to solve. Mm. Right. So, so there's just not a lot of room for a forced appreciation. So if you remember how these properties are valued, they're valued by the cash flow. Right? Mm -hmm. So if we can come in and drive up the bottom line cash flow, either through rents, occupancy, operations, lowering expenses, we can drive the value up. On a turnkey high-end class A asset, it's like it's already stabilized. Yeah. Not tons of room for like forced appreciation. And so there's less risk in this, but I will also say there's less upside. And that is the that is the asset class that will be affected the most um, during a downturn. Because mm. if there's a downturn and property values now start to stagnate or drop, well, now you're underneath, now your value, your, your property's undervalued. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Property's undervalued. And there's not a, a ton of room to force appreciation. So, dude, you're at risk during a downturn. So, that's a class A asset, mm. turnkey yeah. strategy. Yeah, dude, okay. Very good. So, less risk also less opportunity for upside yeah and then you know depending on the stage of the market that you're in it there can be risk there for there sure be massive risk there yeah, you just and they yeah. just have to hold it a lot longer sure they just got to ride yeah. the market right until, until it levels back out or comes back up to wherever it is okay awesome yeah turnkey thank you for highlighting so now that. on the opposite end of that spectrum is a distressed asset okay right so distressed asset i want you to think dude the opposite end of the spectrum they have low occupancy levels they have outdated interiors they're mismanaged properties they have tenant problems they do they have problems like we call it a reposition a hard reposition so anything under 85 percent occupancy is considered an unstabilized house uh, asset but but listen these that strategy a distress strategy there's there's lots of upside like lots of potential for upside because you're able to go in and increase occupancy levels you're able to go in and, and update interiors and when you do that well then you can charge more in rent so there's a lot of there is a lot of risk here because the more the, listen the more steps that it takes for you to become profitable the more the more chances there are for you to mess it up there's more problems that could be that could arise there that's yeah, it for sure so my advice nobody should start like if you're brand new you should not start with distress that's not the strategy that you should choose it's just not I have done distressed assets. We've made good money on distressed assets, but man, the bulk of your portfolio should never be that, in my opinion. Um, here, here's what ha here's what happens to happen there. Like an, a, an A asset, a turnkey type strategy, you're cash flow positive out the gates. Mm -hmm. A distressed asset, you're not. So what you have to do is you have to calculate the break even point, and that's what meaning you have to raise enough money to br to calculate a break even point to the point where your property is actually breaking even. 
But if you miscalculate that and you run out of money, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. Right. So that's a distressed asset. That's a distressed asset type strategy. Um, then the the other one would be value, value add. add. Value yeah. add. Before we dive into value add, it sounds like off of these two that you just explained, the class A, like investing into the type, the class A asset or the turnkey, minimal work, yeah. minimal return. <clears throat> Distress sounds like maximum amount of work. Exactly. Where you're doing the most work, like the most work necessary to make this deal work. When yeah. you're talking about bringing, raising capital to make sure your property just hits even, right? It's like, yep. so it sounds like less work, no work, low return, lots of work, potentially high return. Yeah. But a yeah. lot of time and work that goes into and that. And more risk, yeah. you know, yeah. more risk. Because it potentially could not work out. Totally. Something could happen there. Okay, so, so, okay, so let's most dive. of the money on a distressed asset, most of your money will be made at exit. Make a big chunk of exit. Yeah. On an A asset, you're going to be making less returns, but it's going to be usually through cash flow, maybe a little bit on exit, but mainly through cash flow. Gotcha. Yeah, this is, no, these are so good. So good. Real quick, before we dive into value add, what are the tax differenti differentiators here? Because that has a big deal to do with investors and how they decide to invest on properties. Yeah. Is the, is the, is the, do, do the tax strategies work the same for both, for both types of investments or? Uh, yes, yes and no. Okay. Right. So when I go in right now, so cash flow, even though real estate generally appreciates in value, you have physical components that depreciate and there's, the IRS knows this. And so they give us essentially a tax credit to offset some of that stuff. That's called depreciation. But a huge tax incentive right now is what's called bonus depreciation, where you, you have up to a million dollars that you can dump into a property and you get bonus depreciation on 80% of that, which means the basic understanding of this game, okay, if you invest a hundred thousand, as an example, you would have 80,000 as like a tax credit to mm. offset other tax liabilities. But on an A asset, once again, there's not a ton of work going on like that you have to dump money into. Right. So most A assets are not going to benefit from bonus depreciation at the max level that they could. Right, dude. A distressed asset, that, that strategy, a distressed strategy, I mean, dude, you're definitely going to have some tax benefits yes. there. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, your cash flow is going to be smaller. So most of your gains are on exit. And that's also where you get taxed the most is the gains on exit. It's on exit, dude. So, so. good. Okay. So I, I thought it would be, yeah, dude, that, that taught me a ton. That definitely is important to understand when it comes to these two strategies for sure. Especially it's, under, it's important to understand those as we dive into value add and the, and the tax strategies and the benefits that come with that as well. But Tyler, let's break down, let's break down value add strategy. Let's dive, let's dive in deep here, man. Value add is the, uh, so it, I look at these as small problems the property has that we're going to go in, we're going to fix the problems. And by fixing the problems, that's going to increase cash flow, which will increase value, increase wealth for us. Okay. And it's the best of both worlds. If you look at turnkey strategy on one end, distressed strategy on the other end, value adds like sits in the middle. It, it benefits from a little bit of both of those areas. Right. So me, and what I mean by that is where I said, uh, turnkey strategy, you're going to make most just lower returns, but it's most of it's, it's usually cash flow, right? Distress asset, higher returns, but it's all on equity. Value add is you're making cash flow and equity. Mm. So our, so our target here, right? B, C plus type assets, stabilized property, 85%, um, plus occupancy, 
And then, dude, just opportunity to add value, raising rents, um, you know. So I look at it in three phases. I don't know if you want me to get into that yeah, stuff. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I look at it as ways that you can, you know, provide value, interior, exterior, organizational. So interior, you can go in and you can – we usually start exterior, though, first. Start exterior. So start exterior where we're coming in and we're dude, making it look nicer. It's your curb appeal. Okay. Right? So yeah. we're coming in, we're painting the property. Maybe we're redoing the parking lot. Um, and all of those don't – like these these things like this don't – you know, rehabbing the leasing office, that doesn't directly impact the bottom line. It indirectly impacts the bottom line. Curb appeal, bringing in more people. Mm-hmm. Coming into leasing office, if you have a solid, good-looking, energy-filled leasing office, you're going to sign more leases. Yep. So it's an indirect way to impact it. Interiors, dude – this can really, I guess it would also be considered an indirect way, but really it's a direct way because you go into an interior and you turn a classic unit into a premium product, right? Better interior, that will result in more rent gain yep. for sure. These are, these are very common things. Like You can do these value type ad strategies on a single family home as well, right? Like, but it's these different. Are, okay. Yes, but it's different because okay. how is a single family property valued? By its by its comps, its comparables, That's right? It. right? So if I go in and I can, so it's, it's, Yes, you can do them, but the the strategy is different because it's based on comparables within the area where our properties, these big apartment buildings, dude, they're they're valued by the yeah. cash flow. Yeah. So if I can do things to increase the cash flow, whether that's raising rents, lowering expenses, increasing occupancy, those things like literally have a direct impact on the value of the yeah. property. Yeah, dude. See, right. that's yeah, that's so good. Though it can do the same thing on a single family, meaning it can attract people. It can attract you to get a new tenant. At yeah. the end of the day, it's not going to affect the value of your home. Yeah, your exterior, your interior, right? It's not going yeah. to as much. Yeah, yeah it, it could. It's it a could. possibility that it could. With multifamily, what you're saying is it's it's it, it will. It's more than it has control. to. Right, yeah, right, right, right. It's truly valued like a true like a true operating business. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So then that's the organizational side. Like yep. that's a direct impact. That's coming in, and that's. Well, the things I just mentioned, raising rents that are below market rents, increasing occupancy that have, have you know, dipped below. It's like those have direct impact. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. Okay. So what is so what is your play? What is the play at MFCP at Multifamily Capital Partners? What is the target there? And what our what strategy? A, yeah, what apartments are you looking for? Um, definitely light value add. You know, I've talked about that we've done some distressed, but we don't do like highly, highly distressed. And now I mean Light value add. That's our target. Right. Like, and you, once again, you need to define a strategy. And that strategy, by the way, needs to be in line with the investors that you'll be bringing in. Because your investors will have investment strategies and things they're targeting. Mm. So your strategy better match their strategy. And, and in reality, what you need to understand is that there is an investor for all the strategies I just mentioned. But you need to know what's your strategy because that will help you understand which investors to target. Exactly. Right? And to speak to and how to speak exactly. to them. Yes, exactly. And to what parts you're going to speak about of your deal. Yeah, that's exactly. so good. Right? That's it's so good. So good. So light so, value add. What does yeah. that, what does a light value add look like? So 85, if you were asking me like my buy box, it's 85% plus occupancy, usually 90s or newer. So like when it was built, right? 90s or newer. B, C plus assets and a B... B plus, maybe A minus area. Uh, usually, like so, like cost that we're gonna put into the door, or put in the door, put into the apartment. Usually three to eight thousand dollars per door. Uh, Hundred plus units in a desirable location. So in an emerging market, 
uh, in a night in a good neighborhood that's path of progress like it's it's progressing right that's our target so good so good that's our strategy gotcha gotcha how does that strategy that you use that we use at multifamily capital partners how does that benefit the investors that decide to invest with us it's a loaded question but at a basic level well dude i'll tell you why i i I only invest in value add like light value add that's so we're talking about our target mfcp we're active investors we're the ones who are structuring the deals and structuring the strategy but when i passively invest i only passively invest passively invest in light value add and why do i do that because i'm definitely looking for cash flow i want cash flow now but I, i want upside later too I also want wealth preservation, which is I want to pay less in taxes. And like light value, it helps me do that. I benefit from cash flow and the uh, able to offset that through depreciation. But I also benefit from bonus depreciation, like I talked about earlier. So dude, a, a light value add property, you're, you have cash flow. You're, you should be making cash flow on that property shortly after takeover usually no more than a year after takeover you should be having cash flow on the property that you're actually distributing but then the you know the equity upside on the back end is super sexy as well like it's it's uniquely positioned where in a downturn it's still very stabilized actually dude our demand goes up in a downturn it does because people funnel from single family and a assets to b and c assets Mm -hmm. it's uniquely positioned to benefit there but we have tons of upside on a, you know, on an upswing as well. So it's it's uniquely positioned to benefit from both sides, but also be protected on both sides. Yeah, it is very. Does that answer that question? Yeah, it definitely answers that question. Essentially, it takes the benefits of the turnkey model that we that we highlighted. It takes those benefits of the cash flow, the quickly cash flowing, yeah. right after closing. Takes those benefits but removes the risk of the downturn of the market of people leaving like max exodus, mass exodus yep. because of the downturn of the market. But then you also see the positive sides of the distressed property yep. to where you can bring up that value and force the appreciation and force that value. That's but it. then in the downturn of the markets, it's still protected because the A the A class asset livers or the single family home livers are going to be turning into Turning livers. into these uh, that livers, I just made that up, but it made sense. <laughs> Is that a real word? Livers? Call them livers. Livers. Um, well, Some people call them tenants. We call them livers. <laughs> tenants turn into right our tenants. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, no, dude, that makes sense. That makes that makes a ton of sense, and that's why you only invest in value add. Yeah, for sure. Like I'll tell you that once again, I'll, we'll do some distressed assets, reposition type deals sometimes with MFCP, but. Right now, light value add. That's our focus. And it's a passive investor, light value add. Sweet. So how do you go how do you go about identifying these properties? How do how do you find these properties and yeah, and go about them? So dude, great question. First, like this is why I believe it's very important for you to understand your strategy. Because if if you think about this, there's so many deals out there, dude, and yeah. if you're just trying to blanket all of them, you will have massive decision fatigue. But just understanding, like think about the target that I just talked to you about. That's specific. Like I know in a basic understanding, does it hit this or not? If it doesn't hit it, one of those targets we just talked about, it's not a fit. So first off, that alone is huge. Now, as you're looking for these properties and we call them pre-screen value add plays, you can identify these a ton, dude. You can look at, you know, you drive past a property, like look at the exterior. 
that looks bad on the outside, it looks worse on the inside, right? Yeah. But, dude, that's the potential. You come in and now you enhance some of the curb appeal and also enhance some of the interiors like we just talked about. You're going to help increase occupancy and increase rents. So, you know, bad management. This is either they have poor operations in, plas- uh, in place. In place, not place. Poor operations in place. Um, or they're just content. Mm. You know, like, gener- we bought a couple generational properties. These are These are owners who have own these properties for a long time. They're just comfortable. There's a huge upside there, mm-hmm. right? So we know that it's bad management because either they have low occupancy, uh, low rents. It could even be high, like high occupancy. Like we bought a, a bunch of properties from calling the old man, right? And it's like first property we bought from him, 100% occupied. Had been 100% occupied for a long time. Well, okay, so what does that mean? the pre-screen value I'd play. If I see a property that's hundred percent, rents are too low. Rents are too low. Like 95% occupancy in my opinion is hundred percent. Mm-hmm. If it's hundred percent, dude, it's time to raise the rents. So rents are too low. So that's a pre-screen value I'd play. Um, high expenses. You know, I'll look at the expense ratio, the percentage of the income that goes towards expenses. Every area has a different rule of thumb. Usually 40 to 50% of the, ex- of the income goes towards expenses. So maybe that's higher than that. If it's higher than that, well, how come? Maybe if we can bring it, the expenses down, maybe it's just bad operations. If yeah. we can bring it down, well, then more income filters at the bottom line. And if more income filters at the bottom line, that means more cash flow and more equity and more value, right? Right. Um, turnover is another one, right? But this comes down to operations too. Like, do they have high turnover? Maybe they're not handling maintenance requests. Maybe they're not screening for the proper um, tenants. Maybe they're, meaning their screening policies aren't good screening policies. Right. What's their turnover look like? Um, u- utilities, m- maybe it's, uh, you know, an all bills. These are all, once again, pre-screen value add plays. Things that I can come in and I know that we can fix or improve or change that will add value. So utilities sometimes called like an all bills paid property where the owner pays for all the utilities. And some people don't like that, but that is a value add play. Cause mm-hmm. I know that if I can come in and now start to bill it back to the tenants yep. and have the tenants pay, well, our expenses go down, our income goes up. Save right? your money. Yep. Uh, even walking the properties. Remember Charbonneau apartments is an example. Um, we're walking the units. And we've done what's called a comparable market analysis. So I know like the competitors in the area, what amenities they have, uh, and as we're walking this, you know, Charmino apartments, as we're walking it, we see that every single unit has a stackable washer and dryer. None of the other competitors have that, but these individuals at Charmino, the owners, the current owners, weren't charging the tenants for that. So it's like, well, shit, man. So you think about this, okay? Let me just paint that one picture as an example and pull up my calculator. That is 138 unit property, 138 units that we now, as we start charging for the, the washers and dryers mm-hmm. on average, that was $40, uh, $40 per month that we would charge. So let me do this first 40 times 12. That's $480 a year times 138 units. That's $66,000 that goes to the bottom line. It increased what we call net operating income just by, Starting to charge for a washer and dryer, $66,000. 
$66,000, if we were to look at how much value and equity that would create on the property, you're looking at, you're looking at a little over a million dollars of equity. Value, equity, just simply by charging. That's a, value, that's a pre-screen value I'd play. We were immediately mm -hmm. like money. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So that's, those are pre-screen value at place. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude, that's yeah. it's incredible. It's dude, incredible. even energy efficient toilets. There's another one with Charmin. I was like, we're walking through, and literally all the toilets that they had were like the old standard flush, four-gallon flush. Jeez. The new toilets, energy efficient toilets, flush a third of that. And like, I know that might not seem like a big deal, but if you look at on that apartment, 138 units that has 200 plus toilets because some have two ba two bathrooms. So 200 toilets, if you can re reduce the flush, the water, by a third on 200 toilets, dude, that's a lot of realized gain, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, so you, you, by simply looking over these properties before, you can already see what it is that you can do to add value once you pick it up. Yeah. What's crazy, dude, is... Like somebody in the beginning stages, right? They're looking at this and they're like, man, how do you spot those things? Dude, do you want to know how I learned how to spot those things? Like that uh, energy efficient toilet stuff? I, you know, I learned that from Greg Parrish. Yeah. That's who I learned that from. Going walking we go properties. and he's like, he's like, oh man, look at these. You notice something? All these toilets have the old standard flush. I was like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. I literally have no idea, dude. My toilet flushes. That's all I give a yeah. shit about. <laughs> like for real though. Yeah. No He's pun like, intended. Old standard flush. That's you know four 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 gallons of flush. The new ones flush a third of that. I'm like, taking or not. I'm like, I had no idea about that. Yeah. But then he paints that picture that I just painted. All I just did with that was regurgitate something I learned from Greg Parrish. Right. So it's like, how, how do you learn it? Every time you walk a property, literally every time you walk a property, especially if you're walking a property with somebody who's seasoned, you'll learn shit, dude. Every time. Every time. Every time. Yeah. It's really, it's awesome because through experience is how you learn these things. Yeah. So you, you asked that question, how do you, how did you learn these things? How do you know these things is because you took action. Yeah. You took action. You had the opportunity to, 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 at the time, partner up with some incredible operators yeah. that benefited your business and you benefited their business. And you learned so much from it because you took that action and, and, totally. and made those relationships and did those things. Shout out to the parishes. Freaking yeah. love them, dude. Lisa and Greg. Greg and Lisa. Beast. Kidding me. Beast. Yeah, incredible individuals. But, dude, what does doing these types of things, going in, looking at the exterior, making it better, making the management better, making sure people's maintenance requests are getting responded on time, taking care of the interior units, upgrading the toilets, making sure there's washer and dryers there for your tenants, how does that impact the overall experience for your tenant? Mm. I love that, dude, because a lot of people like will look at this and think, okay, so you're going in. Because if I'm going to enhance the interior, make changes in the interior, well, I'm going to charge more rent. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. Right? Absolutely. So some people are like, man, that seems like you're going to raise rents on tenants. Like, do you even care? Yeah, I care for sure. I care. Yeah. Like so many of us think that raising rents is a bad thing. No man, quality of life, quality of product that you provide. If you don't provide a good quality, a good quality asset, that's the shitty thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't put yourself in a position to provide enough value on the property to be able to raise rents so that you have to provide a shitty product, that's the bad thing. So how does it enhance their life is what you, you told, what the question was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does it enhance the tenants? Yeah. 
I'll, I'll use that same exact property that I just talked about with Charbonneau. I'm teaching a class in Austin, and I'll never forget this. Teaching a class in Austin, and I talk about Charbonneau at this class, okay? And I think it was like day two or something when I was doing this, but day, the last day, day three, a guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, you know that property we talked about yesterday, Charbonneau? I was like, yeah. He's like, my grandma and grandpa live there. I was like, cool. But inside, if I'm being honest, inside, I'm like, oh, shit, please, dear God, tell me they're having a good experience, you know? And he's like, I called them yesterday. Called them to ask them about it. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, what's your experience there? Once again, inside, I'm like, please, dear God. Yeah. And he said, he's like, do you want, he said, what she said to me is talking to his grandma. What she said to me was, oh, my God, it's great. New, new owners came in or new management, I think is what she called it, but new management came in. They've increased our rents, but they've made tons of improvements on the exterior of the property. They cleaned up a bunch of like, uh, you know, trash landscaping type stuff. They, they've taken care my dishwasher, my dishwasher hadn't worked, worked in almost a year. They came in and fixed my dishwasher. So now like I can use the dishwasher, like They've made improvements. My rents have increased, but they've made improvements. It's great, man. It's a great experience. That in summary summarizes it up. It's like people will pay for quality. People just want to be, have a place that they live that they're proud of. And that is, once again, it's nice, yep. you know? Yep. So it enhances their ability to live in a place that they're proud of. And it has a good experience living experience is important we spend a lot of time where we live yeah so. dude and from a tenant standpoint i've been living in apartments since i've been married yeah, yeah so from from my perspective i've had rents raised on me i've moved into places that are that cost more money because it's a nicer place um what this also does is as a tenant from a tenant's perspective one of the reasons why i rent is so i don't have to worry about upgrading the, the mm -hmm. property so mm -hmm. i don't have to do my yard so when it does need a new fresh coat of paint, I don't have to do it. Yep. That's why I rent. But also understanding that there's a cost that comes to that, but it completely relieves me of that burden, of that stress, of that, you know what I mean, that, that anxiousness that might come with that, completely removes that from me. Totally. So if they're gonna raise rents on me, sick, awesome. But what are you gonna do to like benefit, to benefit me and make my living experience better? Totally. Right, because that like at the end of the day, that's why I, I, I believe there's a lot of people that choose to rent, especially now with millennials forming households and things. People aren't buying homes as much as they used to. People are renting in apartments because of the ease that can come with it. Yep. So when you find these deals that need this value add, these distressed properties or whatever it is that needs this extra work, it's such a bigger blessing to the tenant than it is, than it is a, a hardship. And guess what? Totally. If they can't afford it, if they can't afford it, then, they, then help them find something that, can't, that they can't afford that's going to benefit them and help them along their life. Right. So no, dude, I just wanted to throw that in from a tenant's perspective. It's I want those things. To yeah. I want that. You want to yeah, live yeah, in a place yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Ty in closing here before I ask you my final question, anything else here around value add that you would like to add in here that maybe we didn't cover? No, I'm, I don't know. Mainly that if you're, whether you're, an active investor who's structuring the deal or a passive investor who's looking to invest in it, you need to really identify what your strategy is, right? So I mentioned that I only invest in light value add deals as a passive investor. And the reason I do that is because I want to benefit from cash flow and equity. 
somebody who maybe there's you know a more risk somebody who who has some money and they they want to have a more risky dude a more risky investment but with some obviously some potential upside they're going to be targeting distressed so may, and maybe you allocate a little bit to some light value add. maybe you allocate some to turnkey maybe you allocate some to distress but what is it that you're targeting primarily and then go find operators who who focus on those things right so as a passive investor understanding as an active investor understand your strategy what is your strategy that'll help breed massive clarity with what you invest and what you buy yeah yeah it's so good so good so if someone is sitting on the fence bro this is the closing question someone's sitting on the fence closing question Let's closing, go. closing there's going to be a follow-up question closing question someone's sitting on the fence there's a, there's a few investments for them to invest into a distressed property, a turnkey property, a value add property, and they're they, they're really not sure which direction to go. Why should someone make in an investment into a value add type deal? Right? You I mean you just went over understanding your criteria and what it is that you're looking for. Maybe they don't know what they're looking for. Maybe mm -hmm. they don't know what it is that they need to invest in and why a value add would benefit them. What would, what, what would you say to that person to help them understand and, and help them make a decision? I like the question. I think that for, if I'm being honest, the first thing I would tell them is to figure out what your strategy is. Yeah. That's what I'm telling yeah. them. Because I think it's critical if you're gonna invest your hard-earned money, you should know why you're investing your hard-earned mm -hmm. money. So first thing I would tell them is decide. Like, and it's really as simple as, are you okay with no cash flow as long as there's at least an opportunity for big gains at the end? If so, cool. Are you okay with very little on the on the back end of things when you sell, but you're having at least some steady, consistent cash flow, even though it may be lower, it's at least steady. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's better for you, peace of mind wise. Or value add, if you're, I guess, the paint the picture of the question, like why would I steer them there? You're gonna benefit from the best of both worlds and you're gonna be able to experience a little bit of both sides of things. Some cash flow, some equity, some upsides, some downsides. Like, you're gonna get a good taste of it a little bit. I guess that that's where I would steer. If, if somebody hasn't invested into an apartment building. Yeah, before, they don't know what to do, yeah. That's a great starting ground, in my opinion. I agree. Because of those things we just talked about. Yeah, it kind of gives you a taste of both sides of it, right? And you'll really, like, and if you invest into a value add deal, you'll realize that's where you wanna be. You want to benefit from both sides of that for the most part. Who knows? For you the know, most like, part. Who, who knows? Everyone has different goals, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone has different strategies that they're focusing on. But for for uh, for me, yeah, that's where I want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, dude, exactly. Understanding why you're investing yeah. can help you to make that decision, whether mm -hmm. it's a distressed, a value add, or a turnkey. Understand well, what, what, like, what's your intention behind that investment? It's interesting, yeah. If you can ask that question and answer that question, what's the intention behind this 100,000 that you're putting there? It makes it a lot easier to make that decision too. Agreed, man. And it's one of the things like our IR team does such a great job of. So good. Is truly helping people understand what that is. It's like, hey man, are you gonna be stressed if you don't see cash flow for a year? Like, is that gonna stress you out? Yeah. If so, then you should invest into a, into a um, turnkey type asset. This value idea that we're about to do isn't a fit for you. Right. Now, 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like we help paint that. It's like, we don't want people in our investments. That no. That is not a good fit for them. Right, right, dude. We exactly. want them to know what they're getting into. Exactly. Dude. My follow-up question was, B, you just answered it, was do you have any opportunities for people who are looking to invest passively into a value-add type of an investment? Totally, dude. So we have a, f a fund, the MF Aloha Fund, that we take down multiple light value-add deals. That's our target. Once again, that's our strategy within that fund is light value-add. So instead of just investing into one deal, investing into the fund gets you access to multiple deals. And the reason that's powerful is because now you mitigate your risk over multiple properties. And so mitigate your risk, but also benefit from the upside on multiple properties as well. So definitely, dude, we're always buying properties. We have a f stream of deals that we're always looking at. We're very picky. We talked about our target. We're very picky with which ones we add there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, they should reach out. Anybody listen to this that you um, have some money you want to put to work? Yes, we'd love to help you. Absolutely, so, dude. As long that, as it's you, fit. Awesome, awesome. Bro, I was just along those lines, was talking to Lindsay yesterday about some uh, the new deal that we just submitted submitted an LOI in on, dude, and it is looking like another 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 good one. Another that's really good one. That's what I love, bro. It's like. People will tell me that there's no deals right now. Oh, and yes, that's not there true. is. That is not true. Yeah. 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 There's absolutely deals. Yeah. The only people that are selling right now are people that have to sell. Those are your best deals, mm -hmm. dude. Those mm -hmm. are your best deals. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's deals. And that's what we're picking up. It's that's incredible it. stuff. Incredible stuff. Tyler, to, to wrap up today's episode with the Hawaiian value as we do. This is one that I threw in there for yep. us to use today. Do you, I, I, would, I would love if you would go at it or no, if you, you want me to go on it. Okay. Go. Yep. I'll go, I'll go after it today, dude. So t Tyler and I, we, we review what we're going to talk about, and then we pick a Hawaiian value that, that, that we want to add to this episode. And the Hawaiian value that I chose this week was, it's a long one, so hopefully I don't mess it up, but it's Ho'ohano Hano. I feel like, that. I, feel like I nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> and what it means, what that value means is to honor the virtue and dignity of others and conduct yourself with attention to respectfulness. Whew. All right? So we honor the virtue and the dignity of our tenants. That's why we want to find these value add properties yeah. is because we want to upgrade their living. We want to upgrade their living space and we want, we want to respect them, right? We honor and virtue, the dignity of our investors and the respect and respect the work that they have done to put themselves into a position to passively invest. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite things to do is talking to investors where it's their first time investing, doing a passive investment. And to see individuals light up when they've worked so hard to get this money and then to trust us with it, yep. to grow it, we take, we take that very serious. Totally. We ta I, take that, I take that very, very serious for sure. And then we honor and virtue the dignity of ourselves and our team and conduct ourselves with, the, with intention and respectfulness for our investors and for our tenants alike. Value add is, is, is an amazing strategy to be able to do that. Yeah. It's a win, win, win. Our tenants win, our investors win, and we win as well. It's, it's an, it's an incredible thing. And that's, that's, yeah, that's what ho'ohano hano means. Money, bro. How was that, bro? Good, dude. I nice. got nothing to add to that. That Sweet. was legit. Sweet. Awesome. Great addition, bro. Thank you, sir. Love that, dude. Hey, y'all listen, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review let us know what's clicking dude send us a message let us know what you want to learn more about and then man go in there pick a strategy of what you're going to focus on whether you're a passive investor active investor and then always 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 invest with and live with 
Aloha. Peace. Multifamily Mindset. Podcast. Think, think bigger.